The Ringer's music critic Rob Harvilla curates and explores 60 iconic songs from the 90s that define the decade. Rob is joined by a variety of guests to break it all down as they turn back the clock. Check out 60 songs that explain the 90s exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to an extra episode of Ringer Dish. I'm Juliette Littman. I am here with my Ringer Dish and Bachelor commentary comrade, Amelia Wettemeyer. Hi, Amelia. Hi, Juliet. We are here to discuss the tragedy that unfolded in Houston this past Friday night at the Astro World Festival. We are specifically going to talk about the kind of Kardashian angle of it all because it's been a big focus. And, you know, they're really famous. So when they're involved in something so tragic, it's pretty notable. Uh, We'll talk about the extent to which they're involved and all that. But I also just wanted to say, we're really going to focus on that because this is Ringer Dish where we talk about celebrities. For more on what happened at um, Astroworld, what is currently known and sort of what this means for Travis Scott and in general, kind of the concert economy, check out the Ringer Music Show with our colleagues, uh, Justin Sales and Charles Holmes. In fact, after Amelia and I chat, you'll hear an excerpt from their conversation on this very podcast and then head over to the ringer music show to listen to the rest of it. Um, they're talking about sort of the music and the industry angle of it. And, you know, I think everyone's sort of trying to still piece together what happened and uh, overall it's just incredibly sad. And, uh, the first thing before we get into it is just, um, sending our thoughts and best wishes for all the, the families of those who died and were impacted by this. It's truly tragic. I can't imagine what it's like. I can't imagine like as a parent for like your kid to go to a concert and it, they, they die. I mean, yeah. it's just so it's just so terrible. Something so, so quotidian and it's just awful. It's yeah. I mean, I was reading in the newspaper this morning that uh, there's like a 10 year old is in like intensive care, which is like insane. That's insane. I know. It's so it's just so sad hearing the firsthand accounts of what it was like for people at the show. I've never experienced anything like it. I, so I can't imagine the fear people felt um, when they were basically trapped in this crowd. I mean, it's just really, it's just unbelievably tragic. There's no other way to say it. 
Yeah. It's uh, it's horrible. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure they talk about this on the Ringer Music Show, but, you know, he's kind of known for inciting crowds to go crazy. And, like, there's that meme of him. Have you seen that meme where it's like no. he's going, ah, and he's holding a microphone up and there's, like, fire in the background. And oh, it's like... Interesting. Yeah, it's like his whole thing is, like, getting people to go crazy and, like, he's gotten in trouble about it from before. So, to me, his words have just... They ring really hollow, to be honest. Yeah, so he's he's known for... um kind of creating a frenzied and chaotic environment. It has live shows and there's been some previous mm-hmm. incidents, including, including someone jumping off a third story balcony. Um, and that person, uh, I believe ended up paralyzed and it's just, you know, it's just terrible. I think Justin and Charles do talk about sort of what, a, what Travis Scott shows are known for. And so they'll get more into that. I also will say, I don't know what you've been reading Amelia, but I think the coverage on vulture and rolling stone sort of, aggregating everything that's known and kind of like keeping up with, uh, the, uh, with the information as it um, becomes available has been really impressive. So I'd encourage you all to check those out. Anything else you've read that you think has been really good? Yeah, I uh, echo your Rolling Stone and Vulture. I also, there's like a a piece on Travis Scott from Rolling Stone. It's like a profile from like a year or so ago. And it mm-hmm. just kind of goes into why he's so popular with young people, young people, like, you know, teens and people in their early 20s. And because like, I don't know about you, but I don't really know him other than being Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. I don't really listen to his music, but I know he's like super popular with, uh, you know, people in Gen Z and he, you know, his like McDonald's meal sold the most out of like any other McDonald's meal and that like includes BTS. Why is he so popular, Amelia? Like what did that article posit? Um, okay, to be honest, I have not read all of it, but I read some of it. Um, <laughs> but it, I think he just uh it's like, you know, a good time and that's kind of what kids want. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, he's wildly popular and like his he is like a Jordan collab. I think that those are like incredibly hard to get the sneakers and really popular. I, I like his music. I just don't really know it that well. Cause I'm old. Um, and also like, you know, just listening to show tunes for like the last like three years, but I, I, I can't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> but he is also, um, very famous to me as the father of Kylie Jenner's daughter, Stormy. They're, they are together. And most of the articles, um, Kylie is referred to as his partner. Um, mm-hmm. And she's currently pregnant. They're having another child together. And so the reason we're talking about her is because she and her sister, Kendall Jenner, were at the show on Friday night. They were in like a VIP booth. And there's quite a bit of video footage of them at the show. Um, I also, by the way, didn't realize that Astro World was like a recurring festival. Like I'm so I'm so out of the loop, but I did read up quite a bit about it now. Um, Yeah, I too thought it was just like an album and like Stormy had a birthday party that was like based on it. I was like, okay, cool. I know. I just these people make me so angry that I don't like I'll start things about them and then I'll stop reading because I get like I get really angry. I'm similar. (laughs) I I am really I've talked about this a lot on Jam Session and also a little bit on Bachelor Party. I really, really resent the success of the Kardashians and the Jenners. Mm -hmm. I specifically resent some of the success of Kylie Jenner, who's made a ton of money off of her cosmetics. Her lip kits in particular, I think are, were, are very popular, um, because Mm -hmm. they, you know, they have the benefit of, um, private chefs, private trainers and surgery and, you know, and (laughs) cosmetic enhancements that cannot be achieved through contouring or it's really wild lip kits. And so I find the dishonesty 
unbearable. Um, and I think that like, because, and I find their the ubiquity of them unbearable as well, but I think that's a big part of this story. So sort of what we wanted to talk about is kind of what the reaction has been like in the media to the, um, the focus on Kylie and Kendall's, you know, involvement in this. And mm-hmm. then also kind of how the Kardashians tend to respond to, um, for them, what's probably like a crisis moment, but I just want to be clear, like though we will use that language. I don't mean it to be flip. Like we think this is a, you know, a, a true tragedy and really feel yeah. for all the victims. So anyway, going back to Friday night when the, um, show happened, Kylie and Kendall are there. Kendall is not wearing a mask. I'm not really here to judge of course that. Not. But I'm, I'm not really here to judge it. It's outdoors. I don't know. Maybe she's vaccinated. No, I, I went to an indoor wedding this weekend, so I'm not here to judge. But no, that's okay. I, I and I feel fine about it. Like you know, I think, no, no. I think you know there. People noted that particularly because Kylie is wearing a mask, and I thought okay. it was interesting that that became like a somewhat of a focal point. But Kylie's also pregnant, so it like makes sense that right. a pregnant woman would be taking extra precautions. You know. And there's been a lot of controversy over whether these people are vaccinated, actually. Like, Khloe Kardashian's like, I'm vaccinated, but I've gotten COVID twice, which, listen, I don't know. Who knows? It is. It totally is. But I just, there have been rumors about her not being able to go to things because she wasn't vaccinated. And I could, I could honestly see these people not being vaccinated. Just like having this feeling that they're above it all and that they don't you know, get sick or whatever. But I, I, again, I don't want to put words into people's mouths. And also, yeah, I I have no evidence one way or the other. There's rumors that Kylie didn't go to the Met Gala because she wasn't vaccinated. Right. I don't know if that's true at all. Kendall went and everyone was with a vaccination card for that. So I don't know. But anyway, TMZ had this whole long, what I initially called thorough post about it's, Kylie it's and, just really long. It's no, yeah. really long. Kylie and Kendall, there's footage of them at the Astro World show. And in it, Kylie like looks sort of like just like a little dour, but like Kendall is very like effusive and dancing. And then it's like, it's really a very long post from by TMZ standards, like analyzing all of their body language. And a big question that has emerged in the last couple of days is what did Kylie Jenner and what did Travis Scott know? Because Travis Scott continued to play for according to the Houston PD 40 minutes and according Mm -hmm. to others an hour and 15. So it's a little unclear, but he continued to play through the chaos, even though at various times he stopped to ask security to get involved. Um, and as it relates to Kylie, crucially, she posted an Instagram, several Instagram stories from the event and one in which you could see an ambulance driving into the crowd. So they, she has also on Sunday released a statement. Amelia, why don't you read to us Kylie's statement? Okay. Travis and I are broken and devastated. My thoughts and prayers are with all who lost their lives, were injured or affected in any way by yesterday's events. And also for Travis, who I know cares deeply for his fans and the Houston community. I want to make it clear we weren't aware of any fatalities until the news came out after the show and in no world would have continued filming or performing. I'm sending my deepest condolences to all the families during this difficult time and will be praying for the healing of everyone who has been impacted. So this statement came um, on Sunday morning and which is about, you know, 36 plus hours after the event. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Saturday, there was a lot of conversation about like what Kylie knew, um, what Travis knew. And, you know, I, I saw, I, I avoided most of the videos. I didn't 
per- I personally didn't want to sure. watch the videos of, of people dying and getting trampled. Um, but right. I did watch the clip she posted where you could see the ambulance driving through the crowd. Which she deleted, yeah. Which she since deleted, right. Although Ken and Kendall left her Instagram up from the Of course the she festival. did, because Kendall's the dumbest one of all. I'm sorry, that was, that I didn't mean to jump out and be like, I. <laughs> but she's just like, she is so insensitive. She is not a good, out of all of them, I, she enrages me the most. And she, she has, has a his- like this- history of true insensitivity. Uh, it's like wild. Pe- Pepsi commercial, and yep. sort saying like we didn't know. Um, Pepsi commercial implied that a Pepsi could solve racism. It was absolutely insane. But there's been a lot of conversation about what Kylie did and didn't know, because particularly because you can see the ambulance and and the Instagram. And I I find that sort of fascinating because like I don't care what Kylie did or didn't know. For I mean like I I think that you know, sort of the demeanor after the fact is like as, sure. as important. Um, and at the time, I don't think it's, I, it doesn't really matter what I think if like what she could or couldn't know. I think to me, a lot of like the big question is how they respond and show right. humanity after the fact. So I'm just sort of curious, like, what did you think about the emphasis on, on what she knows and like, and all that? Well, I think, you know, it's so easy to bring her name in because she's, I would say is more famous than he is. And I think a lot of people like not to say like everyone's like me, but I think a decent amount of people like my age or age probably do know him best as her, the child, uh, the father of her children or her child yeah. right now. And, um, and it is kind of, it is unfair to kind of be like, what did Kylie know when she was just at this concert? I think there was really no way she probably could have stopped it, you know, yeah. in terms of like, it's not like she could go like wave a flag and go Travis or call him or something. But like you said, it'll kind of depend on how she handles all of this. And, uh, you know, I don't and I don't know exactly what that'll be. I don't know if that means like breaking up with him or if that means, you know, donating money or, you know, I don't know, using her platform for uh, a way to kind of change yeah. uh, the culture of these large concerts. But I think it's unfair to kind of blame her. For, I agree. You know, because and I think it's like to make her the focal point, I also think is bizarre. And that was one of yeah. People magazine had a post or a headline. What yes. Was, that said like Kylie's fine, right? Like what 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 did yeah. it say? It was like a tweet and it came out on the sixth, so two days ago. Um, and it was pregnant Kylie Jenner uninjured after Travis Scott Astral World incident leaves eight dead, says source. And they deleted it because people got really upset, obviously. It was just yeah. like, wow, <laughs> people died and you're concerned about how Kylie Kylie Jenner is doing when we all know that she was you know, in the VIP section. Exactly. Like nothing was ever going to happen to her, you know? Right. And she was there with Stormy too, I think. Yes, and, she was. And so it's just, you know, I mean, again, it's just, it's not really her fault that People Magazine made this no. um, headline that was really insensitive, but... It, it just speaks to the coverage of them though, right? Like... Totally, yeah. It's just, it's like this, I, you know, I, we use this word to describe the concert atmosphere, but I, I or I did... It's like this like frenzied attention to the Kardashians that like that that perpetuates this cycle where, you know, people focus on them instead of this tragedy. And it's just like I have found it really bizarre to and it's not every not all parts of the media, obviously. But I think another piece that sort of like um, 
is important to acknowledge there is I can't speak to the source of People Magazine. I can't speak to TMZ sources either. But Chris Jenner has always been rumored to cooperate with press to get the type right. of coverage that they want. Es- and especially TMZ, yeah. Particularly TMZ. And so on this one, on this one story uh that is that talks about um what they did and didn't know from TMZ. Um, there was an update at the top of it from today, I believe. This is sources with direct knowledge tell us Kylie, like Travis, had no idea as what was happening in the crowd and to think otherwise is both unfair and inaccurate. We're told Kylie's heartbroken by Friday's events. Um, excuse me, I believe that's all from Saturday. Or excuse me, it's all from yesterday. And so, you know, I it made me wonder like who was their source on that that like read this long, thorough article and like issued like a, a statement to the opposite. You know? Chris like, Jenner. Right. Yeah. I know. Or like, it's definitely her or one of her many assistants. Yeah. Like, do I think that Chris Jenner called someone to like, to make sure it was clear, but no, probably representative from their camp. We shot at TMZ and they do have a, I, I, I believe a working relationship based on everything I've read. So oh, she has like a direct line to Harvey Levin. I would not be surprised at all. You sure. Know? Although we don't know that for sure. But we, we don't, we don't. I'm sorry. I don't mean to assume, but <laughs> no, we, we don't know that for sure. But it, you have to wonder like how much the Kardashians are involved in controlling um, some of the, the like the narrative of it all. Yeah. And like the stories that are less, re- less reported that are more like anonymous source says X, Y, and Z. And so that's right. And so then that's why I think some of it does become relevant. It's like, it's not just like, you know, I'm not someone who like blames the media, but you have to wonder because they're so notorious for controlling their own storylines through their TV show and through working mm-hmm. with working with tabloids. Like, what are the, what is the message they were trying to convey in the immediate aftermath of this? Right. Right. Well, and I find it interesting too. Like, do you remember when recently Courtney had an incident on a plane with Travis Barker's phone? Yes. She couldn't find Courtney, who is Kylie's sister, had like a meltdown on a plane and that made headline news. But then like right after that happened, like literally a day after she got engaged to Travis Barker. And to me that just, and there was a rumor going around saying that they moved up the engagement because it was like really bad press about uh, the whole phone incident. Mm. And I know that sounds so conspiracy brain, but I really wouldn't put it past. The only reason I don't believe that is because I believe they filmed the engagement for their TV next TV show. You think? Okay, sure. Maybe. I don't know. And they did it at the Rosewood Miramar, which like, or the Miramar, whatever it's called. And I just feel like it wasn't at one of their homes. So it was very orchestrated. Maybe they moved it up, but. I could see them moving it up, honestly. Interesting. It's just very fast. Very hard to take anything that happens with the Kardashians as like happenstance, coincidental. organic. Yeah, exactly. And so when, so when Kendall leaves her Instagram up, and Kylie doesn't make a statement until Sunday that is like acknowledging all the negative press. You just have to wonder like, what's the crisis management that's going into their like, you know, their moment to moment. And it's, so, I just find it like so maddening and just so unsurprising that mm-hmm. the op the optics is how this narrative has been directed from the Kardashian side of things versus focusing on, you know, what happened or just bowing out or like making yourself invisible at this time. Like that would be ideal to me. Well, and I do think in a way, because there haven't been any statements from anyone else inside their clan, it's like they are trying to minimize what they're putting out there and trying to minimize their personal impact on what is happening in the situation. And which, I mean, at the same time, is kind of 
valid in that, you know, it's not like they were inciting a riot or anything or had anything to do with that. So I guess that's kind of the best you can kind of do in this situation, I would think. Yeah, I I think that, you know, offering your apologies and acknowledging sort of the tragedy and then just becoming invisible would would be the best thing. But I also noticed today there's like new information about Kanye and and Kim's SNL um, appearance from last week. And I'm just like, all right, how do these end up in this in on TMZ today? Like who who planned that? Because like, do we know about do we have to know about Kanye's new girlfriend today? Probably not. Do we have to know that her? Well, mom- I think. Yeah, I think it's them mitig- trying to yeah, mitigate absolutely. on very absolutely. low levels, but enough to make it make the news and people to be like, oh, maybe I will click on that and think about that, you know? Yeah. And just and making it clear that like there there's other stuff going on, too. Right. Exactly. I don't know. It's just like. I just like really hate the Kardashian family. I really do. No, I'm just I'm just so resentful of their celebrity when they repeatedly just kind of pick the wrong. It's frustrating. Road. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely frustrating. And yeah, it's also interesting. And I was actually having dinner with a friend, and we were talking about this briefly. But um, I was shocked that. I mean, I don't. I feel like this is such a default is to like donate money, and you know, I would hope that they donate money to uh, the relief fund or for the families who lost loved ones. And, you know, I don't know if they're doing anything, but Travis Scott is um, paying for funeral costs for everyone and they're reimbursing everyone who attended the show. Okay, well, that's that's good. But also my friend brought up that that could be seen as like kind of an admission of of guilt, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is because, you know, they're there are definitely going to be lawsuits. And I mean, there, there are, are lawsuits. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, oh my God, I don't even know. That's where true. Go like, from there kind like, of like kind of, they get, they get knotted up in some of the, the Travis Scott aspects of it. But right. I, I do think that like, it just, it just felt like with Kylie's statement and the fact that it took a while and Kendall left her Instagram up that like, it just, it feels like a lack of humanity and just like, it's such an emphasis on, which is like not aspects. surprising. No, it's yeah. not surprising at all. It's just so frustrating that they're still so famous and people really still care we'll about forgive. them. Yeah, no, I know. It's kind of, it's sad. And it's also just like really indicative of their fan base. You uh-huh. know, they're the really hardcore fans who will just r- really will stand by anything they do and I know. do it shamelessly, which is like kind of astounding. But I know. And just none of this, none of this, the bad aspects of their fame seem to impact their industries. It's very strange to me. I, I truly don't get it because I can't, I've never really been that interested in them. I've always found them so contrived. I it's like mm-hmm. hard for me to understand how it even got to this point. Cause it is crazy. Like you were saying, Travis Scott is so popular and so is, so is Kylie Jenner with, with a generation behind us. And it's like, we fundamentally don't get it. And it's such like a weird disconnect. It's very, it's very strange to sort of, it makes me it makes me like wonder kind of the, you know, the power of a certain aspect of social media that I don't doesn't necessarily resonate with me. I mean, again, it's so frustrating and it, it and I and I hate to admit this, but it like it legitimate legitimately makes me angry. And that's like that's why I stopped reading that profile. Like it just makes me really angry and I have to just not continue to feed into it with the clicks and everything, you know? And yeah. I'll be honest, like, have I bought skims before? Yes. I heard skims are good. They are, but it kills me. And I need to, I really should not ever order ever again. But it's, you know, again, they get you because then they make decent products. Sure. Well, I also do think that one thing that's sort of a problem probably for many of them is that 
you know, a lot of their fame is staked on their family aspect. And like, this actually doesn't necessarily have to do with Kim Kardashian. This doesn't well, right, have to yeah. do with Chloe or Courtney. I mean, Kendall was there, but I, but to your point, like they stake so much on quote unquote family and their various relationships, even though totally. I, think, I think at the time um, that, you know, the show on E wrapped up, they kind of said that they actually don't see each other that frequently outside of filming. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I would think it kind of depends. Depends. I think like Courtney maybe goes a long time without seeing her sisters or whatever. Hmm. Um, but so much of what they do is just based on this image that they've very carefully cultivated. It's And so as a result, when there's a crisis like this, like, you know, we were like, let's talk about the Kardashian angle to this, though. It's Kylie Jenner. It's not even her last name. But right. it's like almost like the in- she's like, so synonymous. with Yeah, it. it's the, it's because and partially because of the TV show. But like the industry of Kardashian is just like so massive that when it intersects with something like this, it's like very hard to overlook. And I think the reason that we're ultimately talking about it is because they just handle it so poorly. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's always going to be a focal point, you know, for better or for worse. And it's it's just it is really interesting how they have maintained this kind of like you were saying, one big happy family kind of thing. And we'll stick by each other and everything. And I'm interested in how I just I don't know how you come back from all of this in terms of like Travis. Yeah. Anyway, I hope that they did. They bet they just disappear and do the right thing quietly. So, yeah, <laughs> on that note, let's um, hear from Charles and Justin for more on what happened at Travis Scott's Astroworld and the horrible tragedy. Um, I'll be back on jam session later this week and Amelia will be on tea time and also check us out on Bachelor Party and the Rare Rally TV podcast. And now here's Justin and Charles. Travis Scott has built his brand on on raging. His he has one of the best live shows um in America. I saw his show at MSG and quite literally you could when I went to that show that's in you know MSG you're blown away by the energy of him, the energy of the crowd. The ground does literally shake at a Travis Scott show. Um Justin, have you ever seen Travis Scott live? I have never seen Travis Scott live. Um, the closest I experience I have to this is back in a previous life when I was a DJ, um, as I like to say on the show from time to time. But um, it was right after Antidote came out, and I was playing this show that was about, I'd say there were about 1,500 people there. And Antidote had been out for like a month, and... I dropped it, like knowing that the song was catching some buzz, not really even knowing how popular it was at that point. And just watching the this entire field full of like 1,500 people like get so amped up as soon as it as soon as it drops, singing along to every word. And then when that beat drops right after that, right in the middle of that first chorus, just watching the place explode and feeling the ground shaking, just being a DJ playing his music. So his music has causes that type of reaction even when he's not playing it live in person. That's this is the kind of music that he makes that just gets people to explode like this. Yes, if you've if you've ever gone to a Travis Scott show, there are mosh pits, there are people crowd surfing. He invites people up on on stage, they jump into the crowd. 
there is a cult of Travis Scott fans who, when you go to these type of shows, it is a raucous affair. And for those that don't know, Asher World is this festival. He named it after his third studio project. And it's been a festival for the last three years. Uh, I believe they took a year off because of COVID, where it's it's essentially a Travis Scott bonanza. He is the main um, performer, but he gets all of the people in Travis Scott's orbit all of the uh, artists similar to him this year, Roddy Rich performed. I think SZA performed. Drake came out at one point during Travis Scott's um, performance. Astroworld, if you are a Travis Scott fan, this is the mecca for you. But right now, I kind of want to get into what we know so far about what transpired on Friday night. So on November 5th, eight people were killed and hundreds of people were injured at a 50,000 attendee, this 50,000 attendee event. Part of the cause seems to be this out-of-control crowd surge where many concert goers were crushed or trampled. Justin, for, for the listeners who don't know, can you kind of explain what a crowd surge is? Because it's not a mosh pit. A mosh pit is essentially what happens when, you know, you part a crowd and people are smashing into each other. And I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, mosh pit, this and that. But a crowd surge is, is different. Right. It's where the energy is just so much that it's just the mass of bodies all pushing forward, most typically toward the stage. And it's not like any organized thing. It's not like it's not like a mosh pit where, like you said, which is, you know, mosh pit's not exactly organized, but it's like a distinct thing that's broken out from the crowd. This is like the huge portion of the crowd, if not the entire crowd, all pushing forward in one direction. And you know, I was. This is actually a, a conversation that I was having with my girlfriend a lot this week, and she attended a lot of festival rave type events in her day, and she talks a lot about during crowd surges being lifted off of her feet because the pressure from the crowd was so much, and she was often felt like she was in perilous situations because she didn't know what was going to happen. She had no control over where her body was going at that moment. She was just in this sea of people. And that's, to the best of my knowledge, what was happening here. And a lot of the reports have said, like, generally when you're in a crowd surge, I've been in a crowd surge. A lot of times it happens in the beginning when an artist comes out Sometimes it's their biggest song, or if like they big out bring out a really, really huge surprise act. And generally it's from it's from the back to the front. Everybody's trying to get closer. Right. From a lot of the coverage, it seems like this surge was coming from all sides. Like it was coming from the sides, from the back. And a lot of people just did not know what was happening. Donovan Davis told Rolling Stone he was at the event that, quote, everything was normal up until when Travis posted the time he was going to get on stage. That's when it just got wild. The crowd was moving so violently that people fell on top of us. And when they fell, people fell on top of them. There was layers and layers and layers of people falling. The concert was stopped by Live Nation 30 minutes before schedule, but 40 minutes after, quote, the mass casualty event took place. Houston officials are still investigating the night while concert goers continue to come forward with their accounts. But Sylvester Turner, the mayor of Houston, told the New York Times that we had more security over there than we had at the World Series game. And reportedly, there was 505 event security 
91 armed private security, and 76 Houston police. The Times also reported that the Houston police chief visited Scott's trailer before the festival and, quote, conveyed concerns about the energy in the crowd, according to a person with knowledge of the chief's account. In the aftermath of these casualties, Travis Scott released multiple statements. He said on Twitter, quote, I'm absolutely devastated by what took place last night. My prayers go out to the families and all those impacted by what happened at Asher World Festival. Houston PD has my total support as they continue to look into this tragic loss of life. Uh Travis also canceled his performance at the upcoming Day and Vegas Festival, and organizers are refunding all Asha World concertgoers. According to a statement via CNN, Scott will also pay for the funeral costs of the eight victims and provide free mental health services through BetterHelp, which, according to their website, offers access to licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited psychologists. And right now, as of our recording, which is on Monday, November 8th, over a dozen lawsuits have been filed. So and, there's a lot that, oh, what were you going to say, Justin? And I'm saying those have been filed against Travis Scott, um, Live Nation, who was the promoter, um, NRG Park, where the festival was held. Also, Drake, who was, some of the lawsuits named Drake, who was the surprise guest that Travis Scott brought out. But right now, for for the purposes of this conversation, I think I want to go to what we don't know. And what we don't know is a lot. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 